that's all film. Time speed is what it is. Uh, I take playing speed as a more important gauge than time speed. Me personally, I probably watch more film on him than any prospect that I could ever remember watching film on, ever remember watching film on. That's all film. Because everyone said, well, he ran real slow. It's an alert. I said, okay, well, games that I watched, I didn't see him get run by. It's an alert. With the 53rd pick in the 2017 National Football League draft, the Detroit Lions have selected Tease Tabor. Back to his podcast, Tommy Murray, after he, after he gets his $100 haircut, he likes to go get his $25 burger. Yeah. Let's get into some linebackers uh, today. We've been grinding that tape big time. Dolan's been up 6 a.m. burning, Ooh, burning yeah. that midnight yeah. oil. I'm not even, I don't know why I do it, but I don't start like scouting or watching the tape until like 2 a.m. every night. Then I check my phone and it's 6 a.m. and here I am watching Jermaine Pratt highlights. That's why we love you, Dolan. That's why you bring. That's why you bring value to this podcast, man. And yes, we appreciate sir. that. Just for the love of the game, man. Um, uh, so, Dolan, since you've been grinding that tape, you want to just toss out a quick top five or just your general thoughts on the LB class? I'll give you. My, I'll give you guys my top five, and I kind of want to. Um, I almost want to do it in reverse because it, it's tough. Like, obviously, the consensus number one uh, linebacker prospect, I think we can all agree on, is Devin White. Mm. And I understand. Can't why. agree with that. You say yeah. you agree with him? That's dumb. I think he's the number one prospect. I think I understand why uh, he's perceived as that. But um, my top five, starting off at five, I have uh, Tavon Coney. I was. Uh, we'll get in. We'll. I'll just get into the more specifics when we talk about the players more. I have Tavon Coney at five. Say what school they're from when you go through it. Uh, Notre Dame, Connor Ryan's boy. He's got the ha- Notre Dame football. Uh, for yeah. saying you can't see that, he just held that up to the camera. Tavon Coney. Uh, Inside guy out of Notre Dame, pretty much only plays well on the inside. You can get to that. Uh, at number four, I have uh, one of the most mixed bags, yet still one of my most favorite players in this class, and that's Boshan Joseph. I got him at number four. Um, I got uh, Devin Bush, uh, one of the better Michigan players like I've watched in a while, at number three. And then I have Devin White at two and Mac Wilson at one. So uh, that might be a little contentious throwing Mac Wilson up there at number one, but uh, it depends on what you guys think. I think he's a safe plug-and-play kind of guy, and uh, I saw a lot of stuff on tape that made me think uh, from day one he's going to be able to contribute a little bit more than Devin White might be able to. Um, what, uh, what what Mac Wilson games did you watch, Dolan? Um, I uh, watched I'm trying, I, I watched a lot of the Clemson game just to see if it was really his fault going through um, uh, like what happened to him, and it wasn't. There were some plays in that where um, – I think I, too bad Tommy's not on here because his boy Deontay Thompson. It was right before the play um, uh, where Justin Ross had one of his 75-yard touchdowns. And that was on like a third and long when Alabama still had a chance to get back in the game. And on that second down right before that, uh, Mac Wilson had a beautiful pass breakup. And then the very next play, he was playing good coverage again, busted coverage, and they got past him. So I wouldn't put the Clemson loss on him. He did get outran by uh, Travis Etienne a couple times which that kind of uh, was a little bit of a red flag because you got to be like ETN's an NFL type player. You got to be able to keep up with those guys. But uh, the most impressive game I saw, and this is a little ironic because uh, it was against my boy who might not be my boy. After <laughs> uh, uh, Lee's story is uh, his Missouri game. I was so impressed. He was the leader of the defense. He owned the middle of the field. He made correct reads pretty much the entire time. And he was aggressive against the run. He was patient. He wasn't like Devin White shoots the first gap he sees. 
Mac Wilson stays patient, reads the play, looks at the eyes of the quarterback instead of the ball, and then jumps it. And um, he had uh, a couple PBUs against uh, Missouri, and I, that was probably the most impressive game tape I saw on him. I don't know if you guys watched that Missouri game, but uh, he, he was playing a lot of um, disguised coverage, uh, like blitzes where he dropped back, and there were a lot of coverage sacks in that game. Drew Locke, even though he's the most uh, mobile-in-the-pocket guy, like I like to say, uh, maneuvers around and escapes sacks, there were a lot of coverage sacks in that game, and I think it was mostly because of uh, the crossing routes that Mac Wilson was locking down. Um, I just want to start to try to unpack this a tiny bit just because I do like Mac Wilson as a prospect somewhat, but I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say that he's definitely my at, at the highest my number three linebacker. I wouldn't put him even in the league of Devin White and Devin Bush. That's my one, one and one A right there. Those guys, are in my mind, are pretty interchangeable. And the reason for that uh, is you guys probably all watch more linebacker tape than I did. I'll admit it. I was watching a lot of quarterback tape the past few days. But I've watched enough of Mac Wilson this past season, and I watched some of his tape. And what, what Mac Wilson, he is a great coverage backer, but sometimes he, he – it seemed to me at least that he found himself getting lo- – I found him getting lost in coverage in, in, in more than other linebackers in coverage, even with the skills that he had. He finds himself a lot of the time in no man's land, and it's just so hard to trust – any uh, player on that Bama defense, in my opinion at least, because of their, uh, you know, their, their, their front four and how NFL-ready those guys are and their secondary, it's almost like if you make any type of mistake, there's going to be another player that's going to pick up that slack just because of the overall talent on their defense. And I think that would be my biggest knock on Mac Wilson is just like, I don't know how for real uh, the hype on him is. And Klepp and I kind of talked about it before because a lot of these guys coming out of Bama's defense, it's like, Either you're going to get a home run or you're going to get a complete swing and miss. And I, don't, I, and I can't necessarily discern right now how I feel about Mac Wilson. One thing I do know for sure about him, though, or about these backers, is that Devin White and Devin Bush are definitely my 1-1A. One and, one and like I said earlier, those guys are pretty interchangeable to me. Uh, and, and, you know, I'd like to hear what Klepp and Connor have to say about Mac Wilson. Yeah, that's kind of uh, what, I'll just quickly jump on this Mac Wilson thing and then throw it over to Connor maybe for just some, some more guys. But... I'll, I want to go back, Dolan, you say that he had a really good Missouri game. I didn't watch that, so I'd like to go back and see kind of what you're talking about there. Um, but I watched the Auburn game, and I just found that he was pretty easily influenced by just flow of backfield and play action. I, I felt that you know if the offensive line went one way, he just committed to it immediately instead of maybe seeing if a misdirection was coming. So I think early on in his NFL career, he could definitely get – um, taken advantage of in that sense. Uh, Mac Wilson does have a good, uh, you know, blitz ability also. So I think that's a plus side to his game. So, I mean, if you get, if you draft him, I think you're getting a guy that at least on, you know, third down has some legitimate ball skills and isn't a liability in coverage and can also, you know, provide a little juice in the pass rush. Um, but I don't know quite yet if he really can be like first and second down, you know, run stopping kind of guy. And, I mean, the thing that I keep going through with these linebackers, and maybe, Connor, you can play a little bit more to this, but, like, other than Devin Bush, like, a lot of these dudes kind of seem like, you know, it's it's a new age, and I I'm, yeah. I'm, think I'm Super struggling hybrids. a little bit to, Ballers. you know, reconcile the fact that the linebackers these days might not have to be, you know, those downhill thumpers. But Mac, Mac Wilson, I mean, because I, I did a lot of – I looked side-by-side side with Devin White and Mac Wilson because one of the things that kind of ticked me off about Devin White is – he doesn't fight blocks off very well. Like he, yeah, he's fast, and we get that Devin White's fast, and you need linebackers to be good in pass coverage these days. That's why these fast linebackers are such highly touted prospects. 
But Mac Wilson, he fought the blocks. He took them head on and he shed them off. While Devin White, a lot of the times I saw him get blocked. I saw him have some arm tackles. Devin White, all the physical tools are there. I just feel like Mac Wilson's mind's right right now. Connor, where are you at with these guys? Yeah, so Mac Wilson is actually probably my most controversial placement in the entire thing. And I mean, I know we've you, everybody's seen sort of the different eye tests and different things you can look at. And I'm more I like the numbers, and I probably get caught up in it a little too much. But I was reading into Mac Wilson, and the write up on him on every site and every scout that's done a write up on him has said, you know, he's lauded for his pass coverage ability. This guy isn't going to come in. Obviously, he's an inside off ball handler. He's not going to come in and be an edge. He might come yeah. in blitz and pick up the run a little bit, but he's mainly going to be covering tight ends. I just looked at his numbers. I mean, this is a kid who, from preseason NFL data, he runs a 4.79, which is one of the slowest times of just all the linebacker prospects Wait, on the board. 4.59. 4.79. This that's is where the combine is. is yeah, that's where the combine like, tells continue all. Yeah. Better, though. No, that's what is unfortunate, that we're not doing this around combine yeah, time. Yeah. Is well, we can, we'll go back and reference it. Official oh, yeah. time. Yeah. But, I mean, just given those numbers, I looked at a guy, and I know Adam wanted me sort of put out a different guy. I think he's going to get moved outside. But one of the guys who I had higher on my list was Trey Lamar from Clemson. But when you compare him to Mac Wilson, he's taller, he weighs more, he's faster, and he has a lo- he's a larger wingspan than Mac Wilson. He's better in, in every metric except for, you could say, pass coverage, which is just kind of subjective. But I think, I think Trey Lamar will get moved outside. But I actually have him as my number two prospect on the entire board if anybody wants to get into yeah, I, I watch a lot of Trey Lamar, too, and I, I think that Trey Lamar, because we were just talking about the new hybrid linebackers, these guys who can cover the pass. Yeah. When I look at Trey Lamar, this is an old-school middle linebacker. I think this is a guy you have to keep in the middle. And what I liked out of him is he was probably – I think he was probably the best tackler I saw, Trey Lamar. He was one of the hardest workers kind of up there with him and Devin Bush in terms of guys who are just always in on the play. And he plays low to the ground. I've seen a lot of linebackers. Like when watching the Jermaine Pratt film, he was just standing up the whole time. And I know he transitioned from safety. And that could be a little bit of an excuse. But um, Trey Lamar, I, I think that he's the proto- Trey Lamar would be the prototypical. Lamar and Wilson are inside linebackers. They are guys who should play in, in, inside, especially Lamar, because he's not as good in pass coverage and he's bigger. Uh, Wilson has a little bit of athleticism to make up for it. But I think uh, those guys are guys who are going to fit well in the middle, while guys like White and Joseph and um, Pratt will uh, be outside linebackers, guys who should probably transition away from the middle and start to play for their strengths. But Trey Lamar playing in the middle of your defense, I think that that's a solid but like unspectacular pick. Because uh, watching him on tape, he seemed slower than Mac Wilson, but we're going to have a lot of money on those 40-yard dashes, bro, so we'll see. Yeah, for sure. No, Trey Lamar I had running I had running a four six five. So he I I don't know if he would be, but Clap, you're out. Yeah, yeah, I know I lost Clap. Sorry. Um, I think with uh Trey Lamar, instead of like a straight line speed thing, it could just be less athletic than Mac Wilson is. Um so you know, we're not saying that Trey Lamar isn't like uh, a thumper, but he's definitely struggles a little bit more with the sideline to sideline. Um, more athletic plays, maybe even like turning, running, and pass coverage, um, isn't really going to be a strong suit. And if I, I mean, I, I don't, I haven't watched a ton of him, but I, I feel like his his pass coverage is significantly worse than uh, Mac Wilson's is. Yeah, that's where I'm at with like Tavon Coney as well. I agree with John. Like he's gonna either have to be inside or he's gonna have to beef up and like be an edge because he couldn't cover pass for anything in Notre Dame. Did yeah. uh, did any of you guys watch uh, Joe Giles Harris from Duke? I know Tommy. Did. Tommy was a pretty so, big fan of his. Yeah, so I, I I I don't know. I have him as my uh, LB three, 
So I, I have him pretty high. He's right behind Devin Bush and Devin White for me. Um, Joe Giles Harris and Mac Wilson are kind of in the same range for me in terms of, of a rank. I'd probably take him as second round picks. Uh, Harris, I mean, Giles Harris, he's like, he, he just like isn't anything special, but he's also like not going to be bad. I kind of like comped him to Tahir Whitehead almost. Oh. Like he's going to come in and he's going to get tackles and he's, you know, I think he's probably going to be a little bit better than Tahir would be. Um, he's a captain and all that kind of stuff. So he's like a good, uh, character dude, good guy you're bringing into your locker room. Um, but there nothing, I don't know. I saw a lot of hype about him on Twitter and I just wasn't really seeing anything super special, but I definitely think he's like a solid second round pick, maybe for a team like the chargers who have a really decent offensive line, but like not that great up the middle. And then I did kind of want to throw out, I saw a nice little landing spot in a mock for Devin white. Oh, he gets mocked to the Bengals a lot, but I want to throw out the Panthers. I think that'd be a good spot for him. I saw that too. And I I don't know that the interesting uh, stuff I was reading about that was, um, you know, like why would the Panthers take another linebacker, especially like, well, Devin Devin White can obviously play on the outside, but he did play mostly on the inside. This is when they have Luke Keekley. I saw like a lot of people saying that. But what some people don't remember is that uh, the Panthers had an all pro in John Beeson when they drafted uh, Luke Keekley. So stacking up. And Thomas Davis is gone too. Yeah, so they've been running two good Mike backers for a while. That could be a good pick for them. I uh, I'm, I'm going to go out a limb pre combine and say I don't think uh, I don't necessarily know exactly where the Panthers are picking, but I don't think either Devin Bush or Devin White will be available at pick number twenty. I think both those guys Whoa. are. I wow. think I think both those guys are way too valuable, and both of them. I mean, do you want to go with Devin Bush a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I we talked about it a little bit in the last draft days. Yeah. I, I watched. I mean, obviously, I watched more Michigan than uh, any other team this year, probably. And Devin Bush is just a guy that jumps off the screen literally from game one to the last game of the year uh, and against Ohio State. He he was out in the in the second half, and I'm not saying that's the reason they lost at all, but that was definitely a big factor for the Michigan defense. I think he's the heart and soul of that defense. I don't think there's an, a single person, and this may be unfair to say, and I might be going out on a limb again, but I don't know if there's a single person in the draft who loves football more than Devin Bush. I think that he's a guy who, who similar to Jamal Adams, is the type of guy who's like, I, I will die on the field, yeah. uh, and, and I will die for my teammates. And he's the type of guy who takes on anybody, anywhere, anytime, any size, it mashes with the best of them, can move sideline to sideline. I, I'm I, I'm freaking out over Devin Bush. I really lo- I've I've loved him his whole career at Michigan. Everything about him. He's a consummate line, middle linebacker and 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 football player that you really want on your team. And I just don't really think he's a guy that you can let slip past twenty, especially in a, like the the league today where I truly believe middle linebacker is, is a pivotal position. And if you get a guy like that. And I know the Steelers are drafting late, but I'd like to see the Steelers with, uh, you know, God bless them. But what happened to Ryan Shazier uh, with the with the with the historic steel curtain defense that they've had? Maybe try to make a move up into the top twenty and get a guy like Devin Bush or like Devin White and, and they're go. They're drafting twentieth. You know, they're, they're drafting twentieth. Yeah, well, Steelers well, are right there, fringe. Then you know that that could be where the second linebacker goes. Um, but no, that's kind of my piece on on Devin Bush. I just don't really have too many bad things to say about him. He's got, uh, you know, uh, in my opinion, a prototypical body for a middle linebacker. A lot of these new wave linebackers are, are more similar to, to Mac Wilson and, uh, and 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 Devin White. A little short. Uh, yeah, he is a little bit short, but you know, I uh, new wave NFL man. I, I think that height is becoming less and less important, especially when you're in the five ten to six one range. I don't really see where where how that really is going to affect him that much, especially with the. Big Ten competition he played against. You know, you're playing against some big boys, 
and he's going, you know, head to head against Wisconsin and Ohio State and, and, and uh, you know, really Penn State and really good physical teams. And then when it comes to Devin White, very similar prospect. I just think he's a little bit slimmer, more athletic, and uh, I guess less gritty version of, of, of Devin Bush, but I, I'd rank Devin White more, reminds me a lot of Jared Davis. I, 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 more I think, more he, I think he's a little more heady than Jared Davis, too. Probably. I, I think Jared I'm Davis saying, is a yeah. little more of a, of a missile launch coming out uh, or coming from, from the middle backer position. And uh, I'm just saying Devin White fits a little bit more of the mold, uh, as opposed to Devin Bush, of the new wave linebacker. He's more of a guy like uh, Deion yeah. Jones or someone who's going who's gonna, to you know, stretch his body and make plays. And I do want to say a touch more thing about Mac Wilson. He's another guy where Mac Wilson, the thing that did jump off the tape uh, about me was his athleticism. And I didn't want to – about the point Connor made. I would be very surprised if Mac Wilson runs over a 4-6. I just think he's a tremendous, yeah. Uh, yeah, tremendous athlete. Yeah, no, I think he's a tremendous athlete. And some of the plays, he, he just got kind of got a nose for the ball. So for the knocks that I do have on Mac Wilson in terms of getting uh, caught in no man's land from time to time and not being able to take on uh, – the physicality of, of bigger players than him, as well as Bush or White. Uh, Mac Wilson's a guy who's going to make be more of a playmaker in coverage, like you guys said. Dolan and Connor, do you guys want to kind of get in some of these deeper backs, especially maybe some coverage guys like Voshan well, Joseph and Bobby Kerrike? I kind of had I kind of had just one more thing because like okay, uh, yeah, go ahead. Lee's a big Devin Bush guy, and obviously I'm a Michigan hater. Like go Green, mm-hmm. um, but Devin Bush he does jump off the tape, like Lee said, and he was by far. The best player on that Michigan defense. Not you, Rashawn Gary. We'll get into that in another episode. But he's a natural leader on the field. Like, you feel confident with him out there. But I kind of feel like when watching tapes between Devin Bush and Devin White, I kind of felt like they're almost, they're a little, like, opposite of each other. When I watched Devin White, the first drive of every game, he was blitzing hard. He was playing super hard. Clap, 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 following every play. Let me get in on every tackle. And as the game wore on, maybe let up a couple big plays. He would get down. He would stop trying as hard. He was pretty much just relying on his athleticism a lot of the time. And that's not to knock White. Like He probably is going to end up being a great player. I just kind of want to pump the brakes on White a little bit. Mm-hmm. Devin Bush, he's consistent. He would keep a tempo the entire game, and that was a tempo of just always being around the ball. He's not going to try too hard on one play. He's going to do the same exact thing every single play. And there are certain strengths. To, I think whatever team ta- takes Devin Bush – He'll be a immediate starter, serviceable player, serviceable player. He'll but be I think leading that, that defense in two years. <laughs> well, yeah, I was gonna say if they play to his strengths, I think he's gonna be a star. Yeah. There are some things that I uh, when I watched him in this could just be stupid Michigan schemes, like they're kind of idiots throughout the year. But him in man-to-man coverage, especially for, especially versus Ohio State, he got absolutely burned by Paris Campbell a couple times. There was a wheel route. He, there was a wheel route where he just got outran, and it, it was kind of like a linebacker should never be guarding a guy like that in a, on a wheel route. But then I saw in some other games when he, they played a lot of man coverage, when he was playing tight up on a slot receiver, he had a hard time keeping up in man coverage. But in the Michigan State game, uh, he played off man uh, on the slot receivers, and he actually played really good coverage, and obviously Sparty couldn't pass the ball that whole time, mostly because Brian Lewerke sucks, but... If a team plays to Devin Bush's strengths and puts him in the right spot, the guy's going to be a star. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I have two names I kind of want to throw out there in terms of deeper guys, and I don't want to forget about Boshan Joseph or Jermaine Pratt, but I do want to say uh, Drew Tranquil and Cam Smith, uh, two, two fifth-year seniors with injury histories, uh, guys who aren't necessarily uh, athletes that are going to jump off the tape, but both captains of their teams – both, like I said, fifth-year senior leaders and guys who are going to get after the ball and uh, you know, kind of made their way with their 
uh, I'm assuming work ethic in the weight room, uh, leadership, physicality. And I think that it's, it's a little bit underrated in terms of how that transfers to the NFL. And I think Drew Tranquil might be a guy that could be a steal in the later rounds. And I kind of wanted to hear what Connor had to say about one or two of those guys. Yeah, so for both of them, they're actually my 9 and 10. I had Cam Smith coming in at 10, and I had Tranquil coming in at 9. I think it's interesting how both of them are so similar in terms of character traits but in what they mean to their team, but they're opposite in terms of how they play. Cam mm-hmm. Smith is definitely more of the old-school middle linebacker, and he's yeah. definitely going to be a fit pick for mm-hmm. sure. Tranquil, on the other hand, is a former free safety, and he ended up gaining 25 pounds in the offseason and moving to Buck for Notre Dame, and he was the leading tackler at both positions. He's coming off two ACL tears, which is concerning for teams drafting him, but at the same time, he's obviously bounced back very well mm-hmm. from those injuries. I think he's the I think he's the highest character guy in the entire draft. I mean, I might be biased, but yeah. there have been scouts who said the same thing. I mean, the dude is a married man. He's a fifth-year <laughs> senior. He's got a kid on the way. I mean, the dude just the dude's been starting for Notre Dame for three years, I mean, the ACL tears have been terrible, and this kid just keeps coming back for more, and he loves football. So I think I think he's going to have – my hot take, I told Adam, is he will have his C on his chest at some point in his NFL career I love as he did that. with Notre Dame. I you think he's going to be a great pick. No, I mean, I you, think... the safety to linebacker thing is the trend now. Totally. And he's big, too. He's not a small guy. No, I believe yeah. there's a lot of value to be had in, in maybe even the fourth, in fourth, fifth round, maybe even late third, honestly, on Drew Tranquil, if you're willing to – kind of forget about the ACL history because, like you said, a high-character guy who can, you know, play robber a little bit and, and, and be that kind of new wave hybrid uh, safety linebacker guy. And I, I will I've seen the seventh. Things. That's where they have him right now. Seventh, really? they're undrafted. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Because like, uh, I actually yeah. I also really like Tavon Coney, and I, I enjoyed watching the film yeah. uh, on him and uh, what he excels at. What's cool, Dylan? Notre, I have to shop Notre Dame guys with some C-Rise on the show. I got a, um, but what I did wanted to say is while watching Tavon Coney tape, number 23, Drew Tranquil showed out. He was making highlights on other people's tapes, and that's something that really interests yeah. me. And that's something where I want to look into him a little bit more. That's why you hear 6th, 7th, and yep. it's like, I guess I get it because he's older and the injury history, but I don't know, man. That guy's sitting on the board in the fifth round, and you need yeah, he you is know, 25, a I think. Defense. He is older. Wow. You know, 24, 25. Yeah, I think, I think but he's Would have thought he went to BYU, not Notre Dame. Seriously. <laughs> Probably yeah. you, know, you know who Patriot. else went from uh, a DB to linebacker? Go ahead, Clep. BJ Bunt. <laughs> say that piece. BJ, I, you know, I don't have too much to say. I said a lot last week. Still waiting on the all 22. Uh, but he's, he's LB5 for me. I would rip on that boy in the third round. Let it be known. Uh, he'll probably be around in the sixth. So, you know, I, I would like to see a team uh, take take a swing at him. This is Clep's yeah, boy. Find this is Clep's time son. I'm, I'm rolling with this of man Of the 2019 the NFL Draft. Let it be known now that B.J. Blunt is, is the prized possession of Adam Clep, and I can't oh. wait to see where that guy goes. God, please have Bob Quinn be working the tape on McNeese Ooh. right now. Would that be hopefully, something special? Hopefully they, hopefully they accidentally sent the All-22 to Bobby and not, and not your boy. <laughs> Yeah, I would. I would lose my mind. I would immediately lose my mind. I, but, you if, you guys, if you guys like to, um, I uh, like uh, Voshan Joseph, junior linebacker out of Florida, plays well outside. Can play a little bit inside. Watching his tape was a little bit controversial for me because this guy has so much potential. He does so many things well, and other things he doesn't do well. But I'm going to declare Voshan Joseph my guy in this linebacker class. I like him. 
I'm going to take a controversial pick, a guy who could either pan out and be an all-star, a guy who could be out in the league in a couple years. But if we talk about the new fit in the NFL and guys who are fast and cover the pass. I think that's Voshan Joseph. He does that well. He's one of the faster linebackers I'd wa- I watched, probably right behind Devin White. And uh, watching his LSU tape, that was probably the best game I watched him play. Um, he's most effective when they put him up on the edge. I think he's a guy who should really be transitioned to full, full-time outside linebacker, give him a chance to be on um, the line where he can use his speed uh, to his advantage. He had two sacks against LSU, and the first one was just a nice uh, edge speed rush where he just completely beat the offensive lineman. And then the next one came actually when he was in man coverage. Um, and uh, something that I like to see out of linebackers in this class, which Voshan didn't show it often and Devin White hasn't shown it often, a lot of them don't, it's just patience. Like, don't shoot the first gap you see just because you have to. And on uh, that second sack versus LSU, it was on a third down while the quarterback was rolling out. Voshan waited to use his speed. He didn't just run head up first into a guy because he's terrible at that. He's the worst uh, player at shedding blocks that I scouted. Um, he waited for a gap to open and then shot it and immediately got the quarterback. Um, and he, he also, uh, in that same LSU game, he flashed incredible athleticism. There's a game-ending pick six, and the thing that caused that game-ending pick six is Voshan Joseph hurdled the running back who was protecting the passer. He hurdled the running back, got his hand in the quarterback's face, quarterback throws up a duck, game over. And there were really just a lot of plays that I, I saw uh, Voshan doing well, like the, the fourth down. Uh, it, it was in the uh, Peach Bowl versus Michigan this year, and it was when it was still close. And there was a fourth and one ballsy call by Jim Harbaugh, gave it to his boy Ben Gideon, best fullback in the country. Had to be thinking he was going to get it. Like, who's going to stop him? 220-pound Voshan Joseph? Uh, yeah, Voshan Joseph <laughs> stuck him. him. One of the biggest hits. Changed the momentum. I mean, I know that game wasn't out of hand until the second half. But I believe that kept it at 7-0 Florida. And it was really just a beautiful play. And his poise in the middle of the field has been great. He turns his hips well. He runs great in pass coverage. But um, I have some concerns about him. And I don't know if you guys want to say some things, good things about him before I get into the concerns or I can uh, just get into it. But he, his uh, tape versus Kentucky was poor. Uh, I had watched a lot of good games out of him before I saw the Kentucky one. So I don't know if you guys want to go back and look at that. But he was blocked effectively. Like I said, he's too small to shed blocks. What he tries to do is he tries to be quick and shifty and juke around the blocks. But by the time he does that, oftentimes he's out of the play. And um, he missed tackles and got outran by their uh, skilled players. Benny Snell absolutely trucked him on one play. And then um, just when I thought it couldn't get worse, there was a crucial third down late in the game. And uh, Joseph uh, absolutely whiffed on a perfect blitz. Um, and the quarterback escapes and then passes it right to the guy who was wide open in Joseph's zone. So that was disappointing. Um, where, would you, where would you rank Voshan right now, uh, like round-wise? Where, where do you think you'd pull on him if you were a GM? If I were a GM? At the earliest, you know? You think at the earliest I, or at the latest? I, because of his physical tools and because of his potential as an edge rusher, if you want to switch his position and just how he can cover the pass, uh, you can work on his effort. He can maybe beef up a little bit. I'd take him mid-second round, maybe early second round. What I'd, I really think he's going to end up being a good player just because of the physical tools. And if he can what, – what he likes to do is he likes to pretty – his best effort comes on plays where he knows he's going to get his stuff in when he's waiting for a blitz, when he's playing on the edge. If you can get that full effort in 24-7, he'll be a great player. But he's a guy that if he's on the board in the third round, I would love for the Lions to take him. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on Voshan. 
Clap. Uh, I don't. I mean, Voton to me, just the. I mean, the, this this concern is just the, the smaller size. Yeah. I mean, he's concerned too. He, obviously, you know, some of these things you have to wait to see what he t- t- turns in at, at the combine. But if you're six foot two twenty, I mean, that's just a guy that isn't going to be a middle linebacker, and his overall position ability is just going to be a little bit um, limited. Um, you know, the run defense too is just overall a concern. Um, so, I mean, I, obviously, if you have a, a beefed up D line too, that can that that helps you a lot with with Voshan. So, I definitely though you know Dolan, I gave him a, a, in my pass rush blitz category, it's ten possible points, and I gave him a ten. So, you know those. those those, those splash plays are definitely there, and I wouldn't, you know, scoff like you said at, at a team taking a chance on him early, early second round. And you know, Clep, the only thing that uh, having uh, you say, uh, I really think he should be moved to the outside because I was just thinking of if the Lions pick him, I don't, I don't want Boshan Joseph playing inside linebacker. No, because he's either going to get blown up, miss the tackle, or he's going to try to do some sick like swim spin move while playing in the backfield. Next thing you know, it's a touchdown the other way. But um, the only thing I'd be concerned about having Boshan Joseph on the Lions is maybe we have enough Florida defensive play <laughs> on our team already. Um, now if you cut tees. I, <laughs> I have two more names I want to throw out there if you guys don't mind. And these are just names where I watched minimal amount of tape on, but, but I watched way more of during the college football season and was excited to see how these guys would pan out during the draft process. And that's one of them is Dakota Allen from, uh, from Texas Tech. I think that's a guy who uh, went through JUCO at East Mississippi, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, became the captain of Texas Tech's defense. And I know Texas Tech defense was really nothing to write home about, but kind of a guy who jumped off the tape a little bit. And, and I caught my eye just watching the, uh, watching, the, watching the Texas Tech game against Ole Miss to open the year. And as they went uh, on throughout the season, a guy who looked like he could transition well to the NFL possibly – uh, on and off the field as a leader. And then another name of that I that kind of jumped off the screen was the linebacker from Florida Atlantic, Aziz Al-Shahir. I don't know if you if, if too many of you guys know about him, but another guy with, if I'm not mistaken, his family, his house burned down. He's got a, a very uh, tumultuous past, similar to BJ, the B.J. Blunts of the world, guys who have been through that adversity, and they're ready to take that next step in their career <laughs> and support their families. I think yes. Aziz Al-Shahir is a guy who... Really, at, at, at Florida Atlantic was a was a, you know a, a versatile linebacker and a guy who I don't necessarily know where the uh, you know the the, the specialists are uh, slating his name right now, but I think he's a guy who could transition well and, and and possibly get be a good role player on an NFL defense and, and contribute well. And I wanted to know if any of you guys even you know watched tape on those guys and what you have to say about them. I have not watched tape on Aziz, but I just heard the backstory, and he has the Lee Murray sign of approval. I'd probably take that guy late first round. <laughs> Connor, do you know anything about him? You kind of smiled when Lee said his name. Yeah, I saw Aziz on. I was looking through some lists, and I just I liked the name a lot, and I I looked at his numbers. There's nothing nothing that I jumped out about. I really wanted him to be on the list, but yeah. I I didn't see anything crazy. I was wondering, Lee, is Voshan on your list? Uh, I Where honestly. Do you vote- I honestly didn't make a list. If I, my piece about Voshan is very similar to Kleps in, in the way where it's like I feel like he can – if he finds his niche in the NFL, he can be super yeah. effective and make extremely big plays on like second down to get a huge sack to make it third and long or third down to, to get a huge sack to get his offense the ball. But at the yeah. same time, I can on the same token see him just not really being able to – physically match up with the offensive linemen in the NFL and the, especially the interior offensive linemen. 
And, yeah. and like Dolan said, I didn't watch too much of the Kentucky game, but I watched bits and pieces of it. And when you get dominated like that, sometimes it's just, you know, I, I don't know. I, I can't say I'm nearly as sure of him being a transitional player in the same way that I am, uh, say, someone like Mac Wilson, Devin White, or Devin Bush, you know, some of the and top I, guys. I would also say, too, like, just as an overall draft philosophy, like a lot of these guys who just are really like good players, but not necessarily transcendent talent. It's all about where you go. Mm-hmm. Like a guy I loved was Ardarius Stewart, but he's just been like on the jets as yeah. they go through McCown and different. Agent. And it's just like, yeah. I, I don't really think that I've missed on him. I just don't think he's gotten the correct opportunity so far in the league to like make an impact. So, you know, Boshan definitely will be a kind of guy where it's like, okay, I believe in his talent. I believe in his ability, but, um, you know, got to see where he ends up going before I'm really going to make a statement on him. I will say I don't yeah, want the Lions dude, to get him. He's not on my top ten. That's I, all I, would be, I would be disappointed if the Lions not even got there. him. He's not on Connor's top ten. Wow. Not even there. You guys, even okay. you guys are treating him like when I hear you guys talk about him, I feel like you guys expect him to be playing Mike Backer. Plank, where like, is he? I, I've <laughs> over- <laughs> yeah. said so many times this guy cannot play inside. I watched offensive guards – He's got the post-it note for, for like five straight games. Trying to argue against a post-it note, Dolan. Dolan. <laughs> if you, if, yeah, I'm sure Tavon Coney's probably number one on there. And we no, he's seven. You had him higher than me. I'm a five. Yeah, Tavon Coney. He's like the opposite. He's the opposite of um, Joseph. Do not let Joseph's oh, not. No, do not let Tavon Coney leave the middle of the field. Do not let him. Leave. That is a middle linebacker. He can't do anything outside the tag boxes. He owns the middle of the field. He owns intermediate or uh, short passing routes. He can guard tight ends. You get Tavon Coney out in the outside the hashes. It's gross. So we've got, the, we've got no Jermaine. Yeah, I'll Pratt send you a clip so of Tavon Coney right after this, and I'll show you something he can do that uh, Voshan cannot. Six games of that dude. Is there any uh, parting words for you boys? I got to go shoot some hoops. I should yeah, be playing I, on your I, team, Clep, and you're going to lose. Clep, you're going to take a fat L. That's my prediction. And uh, you're, yeah. you say, say less. You, you guys said we did no Jermaine Pratt talk. That's because there's really no reason to do it. I have one thing to say about Jermaine Pratt. Three on my list. He's going to be a baller. <laughs> oh. boy, Connor. Give us a piece, Connor. Oh, my God. Jermaine. Jermaine Pratt, he's the, the fastest 40 time on my list. Former safety. Where are you getting he's, these Analytics. He's going to be better than Mac. Dude, okay. Better dude, than Mac. Here's the funny thing. Right the Eagles uh, D-line has a great PFF score. The, the funny thing about Jermaine Pratt is, yeah, okay, so he used to play safety, so he's good at pass coverage. And he's a big guy. He gets sacks, so he's good at edge rushing. He's a potential defensive lineman. But he's just an average linebacker. He's not he's not 243 pounds. He's not playing D-lineman. He's 6'3", 6'4". I saw him get sacks, bro. He played better on the line. Connor, what do you like most about Pratt? I like his speed the most. I think that's like that's where we've been talking about like new age. Like that, I think he just fits new age NFL with the exceptional speed he has. I mean, he's he's fat. I had him almost as fast as Devin White. I mean, okay, he got six out. Point, I watched six, the four, six, game. He got outran by Trevor Lawrence. Like I, I watched the game. Like he's an, he's a good athlete and he has great ball skills. Actually, I'm gonna speak but, for Tommy. I, I can't resist. Tommy would say Trevor Lawrence 
is a, is a horse. So it, it, it makes sense that he, he outran. He would also students. say he was the first one there. Same predicting. Uh, yeah, first he'd first. say, well, well, why can't like I put it in the prophecy that Trevor Lawrence will be the number one pick in 2020? That's another well, thing he yeah, would say. Yeah, Lions need to tank for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Even they can't screw him up. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. <laughs> We're going to have to try pretty hard. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence will come to Detroit and he'll throw for like 2,500 yards and 12 touchdowns his rookie year. Connor, who was, uh, who was your number one? Was it Bush or White? It was White. Okay. I had Bush at four. Oh, you got Bush at four. Who was your two then? Yeah. I like that. White, Lamar, Pratt, Bush. Wow. Why, why was Bush so low? His height? Uh, I, think it's, I don't think it's really a knock on Bush. I think Bush is right there with all those three. I, just liked, I, think, I don't think Lamar is going to play inside linebacker. That's my opinion. I, I don't think he should be on this list. So you, but I think, I think Bush is right there. I just like Pratt's speed a lot. Bush isn't as long as I'd like vertically and horizontally, but I think he is a good player. Lamar better play inside linebacker. I mean, geez, that guy's – we were just saw he's an old school – the dude 6'4", 250. I don't want to see him I'm like – I'm seeing to edge. I'm not saying outside linebacker. I'm seeing him to edge. Okay. I don't think edge. that's as easy of a transition, especially going to the, the NFL, as, as people may think it is. You know? Lamar, Lamar's a really interesting player because he's just such a solid backer, but there wasn't anything particularly spectacular. Ford Great. Klepp goes, take, goes and takes a steamy L from an all-female team. Uh, let's let's get into this John Elway discussion. Let's give yeah, this ten minutes. This? Make it quick. I have a party in two hours. Go go, go ahead, boys. Uh, Connor and Adam. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. The, the, the basic oh, premise okay. is is that John Elway isn't a good GM. And so uh, the yeah. first thing I would like to argue, or at least just put out on the table, is yes, he won the Super Bowl. All right, congratulations, you did it. You deserve props for that. The way he did it was like a once in a generation type opportunity to sign Peyton Manning. Like no talent, no player like that is ever going to hit free agency again. And then you sign, and then you you lose the Super Bowl with him. And then you sign, you get Wade Phillips, you sign Akeem Talib, you sign T.J. Ward, you sign Demarcus Ware. Like props for him for signing these dudes, but this isn't the NBA. Like you can't just be getting free agents. So I'm saying if you or if you're a team. Come on. That wants long-term success. Like, John Elway has proven that he's not, like, able to build an NFL team. His first and second-round picks, like, since 2014 have sucked, like, big time. Like, just terrible picks. He's picked Brock Osweiler, and he's picked Paxton Lynch. What, like, what makes you think that he can actually pick a quarterback that will perform at this next level? He passed on dudes last year when he had an opportunity to draft, like, even like a guy like just Josh Rosen. Like, if they brought in Josh Rosen, they'd be in a such better position right now than they are currently. And like, now you're at ten, grasping at terrible QB straws. You just traded for Joe Flacco, who makes like twenty-five million dollars a year, and gave up a mid-round pick for him reportedly, which is just ridiculous. So I, I just think a lot of his picks have been god awful. I think the team is in shambles. Uh, the, they have an opportunity to make the playoffs maybe in 2021 if they draft a quarterback this year and it works out in their favor. Like I just think that their roster is utterly devoid of talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, like you got Philip Lindsay, but that was an undrafted pick. Like yeah. and not even a pick; it was undrafted. And the only reason they like if Philip Lindsay went to Michigan State, he'd be on the Lions. Like he was in Colorado, so he went to camp for the Broncos. Like Royce, it, Freeman. Royce Freeman was a bad pick too. That was his yeah. always guy. You can go down the list: Adam Gatsis, Ty Sambrello, Cody Latimer. Like all these dudes. Have, I mean, even. Like Garrett Ray, Bowles man. isn't even that great. So it's like all, the only dudes that are good on this team, like like Ron Leary, are guys that you've signed that you already know are good players. And I'm not going to give you DAP for drafting Bradley Chubb. Like uh, anyone with a freaking brain could do that. So like it, that's just where I'm at with John Elway. I don't think the 
Broncos are set up for long-term success. And I think the fact that he's, you know, brought them a Super Bowl is a quarterback for them. Like, just it isn't going to help them going forward because they won't want to fire him. Yeah, so, so I think, go ahead. I think to responding to, you know, that criticism, I've, Adam's got a bunch of names there. You know, I have some names as well. I think Demarius Thomas, Von Miller, and Derek Wolf are pretty good picks. Chris Harris was also undrafted that John Elway picked up. I think to be fair, to be fair to Adam, I know he hasn't really called out into question, always touched for free agency. His main thing is arguing the draft. And I don't want that to be like the whole point of the argument because the things that Adam says is that John always is a bad GM and that he can't scout talent for Dick. That's those are the two statements that have been made and that the Broncos ha- haven't enjoyed long-term success under Elway, which I don't really get where you get that from in his whole career. So this is 10 years. He's 94 and 66. That's fifth best in the NFL over that span. Yeah, because he signed I know we're Peyton Lions Manning, fans dude. here. We don't really know what long-term success is. That okay, sounds I'm, pretty successful. Right. Clap won the argument. Oh, I mean, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna step here, in and mediate here. Always, he's the only GM in seven years to get a Pro Bowler from unrestricted free agency, which was Peyton Manning. You got Chris Harris from the CFA. And you got Willis McGahee just off his street free agency. Those are all Pro Bowlers. I think just the crown that's a crowning achievement of Elway's career. He succeeded in every aspect. And he drafted Von Miller. So he's t- he's taken great players and Pro Bowlers through every way you can Kenny possibly. Kenny GM would have taken Von Miller with the second pick in that draft. And Come on, stay ball and turn into a bat. Okay, so the quarterbacks, so the quarterbacks, we're also arguing quarterback, which is an extremely There's volatile There's no argument to make. Draft. There's no the argument to make for Elway in terms make. of evaluating quarterbacks. When it comes to the Brock Osweiler or Hackenberg, you've Hackenberg. That would have been the next quarterback off the board for one of the drafts. And then you could have taken Rosen, as Adam said, or Lamar Jackson. I don't think any three of those guys. The or, Josh Allen. Josh, or Josh Allen. Or Josh Allen. you seen on Josh Allen. Both those core, all Rosen and Allen, we really don't know how good they are. At this I agree. Point. I agree that there's not necessarily a quarterback to drool over. That LA okay, but hasn't like, but taken. even if you're saying like, oh, we don't know how good they are at this point, you'd still be in a better position as a team if you drafted one of those guys. Like at this point, you're, you're that, grasping at straws in this QB class is like weak, and you're sitting at ten. So you're really going to give up assets and move up to to draft a dude like Dwayne Haskins, who like isn't necessarily going to be a dude who's going to take your team forward when your offense as a whole is pretty as just filled with just like just places that need improvement. Like literally every position on offense needs a guy to come in. Emmanuel Sanders just tore his ACL. You gave up Demarius Thomas to the Texans. You, the offensive line needs at least three more dudes. I mean, the running back situation, Philip Lindsay, sure. You're good there. You literally don't have a tight end and you don't have a quarterback either. So I just think overall you're screwed. And if you want to move up and draft a quarterback right now, you're just going to give up assets and not going to be able to make up for it. So I just think overall outlook for the Broncos is horrible. It's due to Elway's poor drafting. Hey, Josh Allen would have thrown 100-yard passes in that high altitude, so maybe they should have taken him. I don't think you're. I don't think you're necessarily in a better position by having those QBs. I think then you stick with those guys for two or three years, and it kicks the can down the road. That's a big argument. You know what's Adam kicking the can down the road? Is signing Keith Keenum that and Joe that That's kicking the can down the road. It's half the success of the team. I think Adams. There's no surprise. Adams the only guy advocating for John always firing and saying that he would rather bring him in. out of the ESPN booth. Than someone yes. that is consistently respected as a top GM in the league. If John, maybe the best he is. If John Elway drafts Drew Locke, I'm on the clep train. John Elway is. Find one that has him outside the top 15. 
Drew Locke is uh, Drew Locke is a lot. One ranking with John Elway outside the top fifteen. I'll give you ten dollars. Lee Locke is either going to go to Denver or Miami. It's a guarantee, and you're going to be reaping the benefits for years to come. (laughs) Denver. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna be sending spin the hog articles to people in 15 years when when Drew Lock has had an but, awful career. Maybe not 15. That was way too long. Five. Five years. He walks out of the league. Drew Lock. All right, boys. Got uh, we'll yeah, Try not to get run over too hard by the female basketball team that you're gonna play against. I'll send you scores. Don't yeah, worry. Go ahead and send me scores. I'm taking the under. All Thanks right. for joining, Connor. Yeah. Always love you, time. boys. Get back at it. All right, next episode, running backs here, eh? Oh, and there they go.